Atlanta here at the Two Real Cinema Club. I'm James Rizika. I'm a little reluctant to give my name because um, I'm s- you're wearing something funny, but um, uh, my name is Andres Lorente. Yeah. Do, do you like Do you like my hat? What do you think? Don't know if I want to be associated with you at this particular <laughs> moment. Um, I you look a little bit like. Do you remember the film Barbie? <laughs> yes, that is just what you're exactly right. That is the look that I was going for. You look a little bit like Ken just stole Barbie's hat and you're wearing <laughs> Barbie's hat. For, for those of you not watching the video version of the mm. podcast, spoiler, there is no video version. I'm, I am uh, wearing this uh, magnificent pink fluffy Stetson, um, which I, I only ever dig out for uh, special occasions, Christmas, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, christenings. And popcorn counters. Um, I, I, I kind of, I slightly miss the days when people would wear a hat all the time. It's like any excuse yeah. to wear a hat. My, my, uh, my cousin Chad, when, uh, when I was nineteen, I think, um, he uh, grew up in Calgary. A lovely guy, uh, television producer now. He, um, he came over to stay with us for a month. Uh, in the UK, and uh, he was wearing when he arrived and wore for the entire trip um, this huge Stetson, this big kind of uh, tan-coloured Stetson. And I was introducing him to all my friends. They're all kind of saying, oh, is he from Texas? Why? Why?" Because I think, you know, Calgary, my understanding is, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Calgary is kind of like Canada's Texas. There's oil there, isn't yep. there, I think? Yep. Um, and so he was really, enjoy- he's a you know, lovely looking guy and he was enjoying getting all the attention of uh, people, not only checking out him, but checking out his huge uh Texan-looking Stetson. Um, I kind of miss the days when everybody will wear a hat. I think they should come back. I love the the films of the forties and the fifties where everyone has a pork pie hat. All, all the <laughs> all the men do anyway. And the women have some lovely hats in that era too, with these little partial veils uh, to cover their eyes if they need to. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, now it's all baseball caps here. You know, uh, everyone's wearing baseball hats all the time, so it's it's much less uh, variety, I guess. There were interesting hat fashions that we've seen on film uh, through the years. It's only, it's only when I did I did uh, continuity on a on a student film oh, when yeah. we were at film school together, and kind of that uh, made me realize the true value of wearing a hat. Uh, if you are a film actor, if you are uh, appearing on set, the joy of wearing a hat means that you can avoid haircut continuity errors. It's very easy to get the hat the same yeah. between days and between between shots. Um, whereas if you have no hat on, we have to make sure that your hair looks the same in every shot, that it's always blown the same way, that you, you need to get your hair trimmed every morning on set so that it looks the same as the previous day. Hats cut all that out, and I can see exactly why wearing a hat on set is such a gift. Yeah. Uh, which is probably one of the many reasons why uh, hats are a big thing in film. Yeah. You see hats all the time in films. You do. I was, I was just going to say, does it solve those problems, though? Because I had an experience where it caused problems. Hats <laughs> caused oh, yeah. problems. Yeah. A short film I was um, making, uh, my actor kept wearing the wrong hat. So yes, he had a hat. It was gonna, he had a mohawk, so we did want to cover the hat, the hair. Um, but he had a Boston Red Sox, a baseball hat on. And then, right. he, then he showed up without, um, he showed up with a different hat. So we, had, oh. we did two different things because he, um, we, we took black tape and just covered the, the, the change in the, uh, the <laughs> insignia on the hat. 
And then we also had him put his hand over the front of the hat to cover it at one point. Because we had two different angles, I think it was. So we had to change it. When he was wearing the, wearing the hat backwards, we just put black tape over the the wrong insignia. And then later on, he had to cover it. He was wearing it front, front forward, and he had to hold his hand awkwardly on his uh, hat, expressing grief or something like that in order to make sure that the, he still had a hat on, but it wasn't the right hat. So, oof. And it was an actor error. Short film, no budget, actor error. Um, so it actually caused a problem. Mm. Uh, your, your, your wider experience, once again, trumps mine. Absolutely. There, I've, I was trying to make a list of, of uh, greatest hats in film. Yeah. We've, we're having just watched Barry Lyndon and Napoleon. Between them, those films must contain 10,000 hats or more. Yeah. Incredible volume of hats on screen. Yeah. But I think if, if you ask anybody, name a famous hat from a film, I think everybody says the same one. Which one do you think they say? Um, I, um, I, well, I was going to say Forrest Gump because he wears oh. a baseball cap when he's because that's such a big film. But if I go to a different document, I think I can get it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, you can read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I, I, I reckon it's Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Is, is the most famous for hat sure, in cinema. For sure. Well, that's, a, that's a, like a combo, isn't it? Hat and whip. I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it's a clever little bit of iconography, isn't it? If you can think of a thing which represents your character. Um, you know, a little bit like, I mean, the other alternative for most famous hat is Charlie Chaplin, isn't it? Yeah. Where you, you have you have a hat yep. and a stick. Yep. And then, th- you know, there you go. You can just show those two things and most people will know who that is. Yeah. It's to a, to, a, to a certain extent, it's it's kind of product placement in a way. And I was just yeah. talking about the Forrest Gump thing, and I realized you can actually buy it's Bubba Gump. It's the shrimp hat that he wore, and the, you can still buy those hats. So, I mean, <laughs> you're getting residuals because you can still buy the hat from a certain <laughs> film. Um, I don't know how many hats um, Indiana Jones sold or Charlie Chaplin. Those were, I mean, those were the popular hats at the time, I guess. It's a bowler cap, I suppose, is what you would call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Or also, I mean, when I, uh, I never really liked charlie chaplin that much mm. i don't know whether i he was just a little bit too um stagey or just too yeah. remote i never quite laughed at charlie chaplin the way that i laughed at one of his contemporaries who uh harold lloyd was syndicated heavily on like uk television when yeah. i was a boy so i would commonly come home from school turn on the tv and harold lloyd would be on oh. i'm sure those harold lloyd shows were like incredibly cheap for the bbc to syndicate yeah you know back in like the early 80s but um, Harold Lloyd, instead of having, you know, the, the bowler hat and the stick, he had a straw boater and some glasses. Ah. But he was clearly going for that same kind of, you know, easily recognisable hat, shtick. That was the thing, wasn't it, in the 20s and 30s? You needed to have some kind of recognisable shtick and it was going to be a hat. Yeah. Well, I don't know that it's changed that much. Um, well, it sort of morphed a little bit. I think um, for me, I think of... The classic black hat, white hat, which we even saw a little bit in Once Upon a Time in the West recently. Oh. Always the black hats were the bad guys and the white hats were the good guys. And it was just this, oh boy, it's this sort of stereotyping or this telegraphing what kind of character you were watching. But do you think the idea was the idea that the characters had gone into the hat shop and they'd specifically made their own moral choices about, yeah, I need to buy a black hat. <laughs> or, yeah, I, I feel I feel proud of myself. I'm yeah. going to buy a white hat. I'm a bad guy. Give me the black <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it, it definitely was a trend throughout all those. Um, those were mostly the probably 1940s and 1950s in particular. Um, the classic westerns and their hats. 
to be frank, if you if you were if you were a cowboy uh, riding on a horse through the Wild West, a white hat is an extremely impractical garment. Very. It's not going to be white for five minutes by the time you get out the shop. But you're wearing white. You're passing through heaven. You're not passing through the dusty <laughs> west. <laughs> Even the dust recognizes the good guys and stays off. Them. Yeah. Well, the the blood stains would be awful, we, right? We have like there's like a there, there is a 21st century equivalent of those westerns with the black hats and the white hats, which is the Marvel films, I think. Okay. But this headgear is a big thing for those guys as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. At least insofar as you know, it's, if it's not a hat, it's a helmet or whatever, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Like you know, it's it's Iron Man's helmet or it's Captain America's helmet with a with a capital A on his forehead to remind you that he's Captain America. Uh, I'm struggling to think of other Marvel characters with hats, but there must be one. Galactus. Did you used to read those Marvel comics? You weren't a big comics guy, I seem to remember from our previous conversation. I've never been a big comics guy, so I'm going to trust you and your wealth of knowledge on Galactus <laughs> and anything Marvel. I think I think um, Marvel are kind of setting up Galactus to be the next big bad. Oh, really? Depending, well, I mean, goodness knows what's going to happen to Marvel films after the Marvels has recently lost an incredible amount of money at the yeah. box office. So yeah. I think Marvel is going to go back to the drawing board if they know what's good for them. But I, th- I think they are setting up Galactus to be their next next big bad and the one thing that most distinguishes Galactus apart from him being like the size of a galaxy or something like that he has this enormous hat absolutely massive hat with two kind of purple horns on it Mm. they know how to do hats in Marvel if anything that's going to make if anything's going to make hats come back it's going to be you know the sheer commercial application of of Marvel Shoving hats down our throats. Huh. Kubrick was a big one for hats, though. Yeah, I mean, not just so not just um, everywhere, not just Barry Lyndon, but like all of those, all yeah. of those Kubrick films are big on hats. Um, yeah, you've got a Clockwork Orange bowler cap, which is sort of reminiscent of Chaplin again, like that Born, Born to Kill helmet from, uh, from uh, Full uh, Metal Jacket, which is that's the one image they put on the poster, isn't that's it? That's right. They yeah. are so pr- proud of the hat in yeah. that film that that represents the whole. Film, even like Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. So, having watched all those tricorn hats yeah. in Barry Lyndon, there must have been some left over at Kubrick's house because <laughs> then they're wearing them again for Eyes Wide Shut. There's a yeah. thing for tricorn hats and Kubrick. I've never really quite noticed yeah. that until now. That was a thing for him. That's 25. Those films are about 25 years apart, aren't they? <laughs> those hats were made to last. Yeah. And even even like 2001, the, the, um, the spacesuits that they wear have these really yeah. stylish, beautifully designed helmets. Yeah. It's all with the headgear, isn't it? Absolutely. I'll tell you what I think one of the most ridiculous hats I've ever saw was um, on screen. <laughs> you mean beside my hat that I'm now wearing still? <laughs> well, now. No, but you're not on screen. You're not you're capturing this on film. Uh-oh, <laughs> someone just took a picture of you. <laughs> Garden State, which is a Zach Braff film, and he had Natalie Portman... <clears throat> play a, I think she was, she had epilepsy. Okay. So she had to wear this sort of protective, this soft kind of helmet uh, to protect her in case she fell. But that whole film, I felt like it was just an excuse for Zach Braff to be able to kiss Natalie Portman on camera. <laughs> yeah, truly ridiculous film. I did not like it at all. And I thought, boy, it's, first of all, you're putting Natalie Portman, who's so lovely, you're putting her in this like old school American football helmet. Um, and it's obvious that you just want to have a crush on her or have a relationship with her. And that's why you're making the film. So that was one of the most ridiculous things I've done with a hat in film history, I think. And yet incredibly, it did work. And Natalie Portman did sign on for the picture. <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's another, there's a hat film that I, when we started talking about hats, it came to me that um, it's really kind of a rubbish film. It's called Autumn in New York with Richard Gere and Winona Ryder. Right, okay. Around 2000. And that's, it, that sounds like the most 2000 film imaginable somehow. <laughs> yes. 
Um, it's like, it's the film like I kind of fell back in love with Winona Ryder in this film, and she plays a hat maker. It's a very <laughs> ridiculous. She makes these crazy little hats, um, very artistic. You know, they're meant to sort of be worn for special occasions, like your hat right now. Um, and Richard Gere's this much older um, restaurateur, and they fall in love. Um, but she's actually a hat maker um, in New York City, and. It seemed... Sorry, this this sorry, it sounds like the pitch for this film was that someone wrote the word whimsical on a baseball bat and then beat you around the head with it. This <laughs> is whimsical, all in caps. It, yes, it, carry on. Yeah, yeah, it is quite funny. I mean, I love. It's the kind of schmaltzy film that I just absolutely love. It's romantic and uh, you know, great. Some great leads, honestly, um, even if their relationship might not be age appropriate. But I was also reminded because around that same time, maybe a little earlier. I had a friend who was making these sort of um, customized brassiers. <laughs> right. And she was trying to sell them high end. So she would take a, a... Breast hats, as we like to call them. Yes, carry on. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of what they are, aren't they? Yeah, they're breast hats. <laughs> so she was making these breast hats, but she would um, glue or sew in various emeralds and jewels. They became these fantastic things. And she had this one goal in life was to make a brassiere for Madonna. Oh. And she ended up selling Madonna a brassiere. She, Madonna found out about it. This is when she was in New York. Um, found out about her. They sat down. I don't know if they did like measurements or how you work that out, but she actually ended up making one of her brassiers um, for Madonna. So it's, as ridiculous as that film was to me, the uh, autumn in New York, um, I had a real life connection to it. It was, it was possible <laughs> for someone to make this sort of, um, I don't know, boutique and whimsical clothing item and sell it to famous people. So... There's Whoa. a dose of reality in there. I, that is a very impressive claim to fame. I'm not going to beat that one no, for a long time. No, what a, what a life goal and how wonderful to achieve it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Madonna, that reminds me of like the like the other big hat film that, uh, that uh, always occurs to me when we talk about hats is Elizabeth. Yeah. Have you seen that? Which is like 1998, something like that. Um, film about uh, the early life of Elizabeth the First, yeah. uh, UK monarchs. Did you ever see that? I think I did. It, well, the actress was is not Kate Blanchett. It was. It um, is Kate Blanchett. It is Kate Blanchett. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, only because like, like that's one of those films where the the costume design is doing you know, sixty or seventy percent of the heavy lifting in the yeah. whole film. Yeah. It's all about the costumes, and you know they make it fairly explicit that she's. You're basically controlling her court through the use of elaborate headgear. Yeah. She just wears these kind of outfits and these hats, especially, which are just so, um, so befuddling and fascinating that it just kind of hypnotizes people. It's amazing. You, know, you really can control the population of the United Kingdom yeah. through your choice of hat. <laughs> um uh, that's you know that's uh, yeah, that that is that is politics for you. Um, I've got one other okay. uh, one other hat film on my list, yeah. um, which is one of my personal favourites. Uh, and we're going back to the debate about are you a comic guy or not. I figured out you're not a comic guy. Did you ever see um, uh, the is the 2012 version uh, of Judge Dread uh -huh. or Dread, um, which is a I I think it is a bit of an unsung modern classic. Um, it is you know, a British, you know, relatively low budget science fiction film based on the character of Judge Dredd, who was uh, you know like super big UK comics character yeah. in the kind of the early eighties, the late seventies, the early eighties. Um, Judge Dredd was uh, this um, 
future science fiction policeman in a future science fiction Los Angeles. But the comic was all about Thatcher's Britain. Oh. It was kind of a lampoon of the increasing kind of you know, right wing fascism and authoritarianism yeah. that we in the UK were seeing uh, with Thatcherism. Uh, it was a you know a, a, a comic ostensibly sent, set abroad, but written by British writers about the, the British um, uh, societal societal situation. Um, but the uh, the gimmick uh, for Dread was that he never took his helmet off ah. in the uh, in the comic, and then the, he, the character was turned into a, a film with Sylvester Stallone yeah, in like the late 90s, and because it was Sylvester Stallone, he took his helmet off within minutes of arriving yeah. on screen, which you know, utterly um, ruined the mystique of the character. So for the 2012 version, you know, they got it right again, Dredd never takes his helmet off, ah. um, and it's you know, such an iconic helmet. And the notion of him being a character whose face we never see allows him to be this kind of universal everyman. So it allows you to say things that you probably wouldn't be able to see if you could look into the eyes of the character. Um, it's beautifully designed helmet, beautifully designed film, you know, a proper science fiction classic. It's all about the hats. Hats. The hats. See, hats is where it's at. Well, you can't spell hat without where it's at. <laughs> Actually, you you can because can where it's oh no where it's at does have an H in it. Okay, yeah. So you could you can misspell hat by taking letters <laughs> from where it's hat where it's at. But you need <laughs> at at least to spell hat. Last I knew. So, <laughs> so what I'm taking away from this is you don't think I should wear the hat? Well, I just I worry about the person sitting behind you in the cinema because they're not going to be able to see <laughs> the film. But this film might not yeah, this, be this... worth watching anyway. So you're probably making the film better. Just as hats make films better, you're making this film better. By I'm deliberately getting revenge on the boy who spent all of Napoleon texting. I'm going to try to sit in front of him next time I see him. Let's go find him. We can go find him.